Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask, Regina, do you like to compete? I say, bring it on. Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end, it's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask, Regina, do you like to compete? I say, bring it on. Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end, it's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving.
you've ever wondered how we started our podcast and how we record our podcast, the answer is so, so simple. Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone, tablet, or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you listen to your podcast. You can make money from your podcast no matter if you have one listener or a thousand listeners. Downloads, everything. I mean, it's so simple. If you're creating something, get paid for it. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started now. Welcome to the Heels and Quads Wrestling Podcast as we return this Tuesday to uh, continue our SummerSlam reviews. A little business beforehand. So, uh, my best friend for my whole 31 years passed away this past weekend. And I just wanted to give a little tribute to him. Uh, Literally known him since we were infants. Uh, Grew up together. Whether time and distance got in the way, it did at times. But uh, most people don't have a platform like this to share uh, a memory of a life with somebody they cared about. Um, He leaves behind his wife, Katie, and his three girls, Lexi, Skylar, and McKinley. My three goddaughters, and I uh, take that very seriously. Um, This is really difficult for me, but I wanted to do it. I wanted them to be able to know that, you know, how much I cared about their dad. And I know they do, but this is something, you know, you don't really get to hear on a lot of podcasts. We are real people. (laughs) Um, We feel, we hurt, uh, we're happy at times. And when stuff like this happens, you know, you, you want to get it out. So I just wanted to share a couple of quick little things about him. Uh, huge wrestling fan. We both were growing up. Um, we used to trade figures. He would always get figures from different stores. And then I would get figures from different stores. And when we would get together, we'd be like, oh, you got this guy. I don't have him. Oh, you have this guy. I want him. I don't have him. So we would trade. We would watch shows. Uh, we'd record the pay-per-views and watch them over and over and over so many freaking times that I'm sure his parents hated it. Uh, so did mine. Uh, both of our parents were friends with each other. Um, so it's, it's crazy to be going through this right now and even be talking about it. And for those who don't like this kind of stuff, you know, I understand, but I felt the need to, to do it. Pay tribute Uh, to your friend. Yeah. Yeah. Not just my friend. He was seriously like my brother. Yeah. And, you know, thanks to things like today, I uh, I had Marco Polo, the app, and we talked a lot on that. And I deleted it. So uh, I re-downloaded that today. And thank God all of the videos that we ever sent to each other are still there. So I actually called his wife today and said, hey, if you still have that app, you can go on there. And she was so happy because she never really took videos or anything. So just to hear his voice, you know, is it means a lot. So, yeah. um, but I mean, you know, like I said, we'd watch wrestling together. Uh, one of my fondest memories was uh, we would get the uh, PWI 500 every year. 
and we would go through and make our own list. We would use that as like our, as our blueprint. And we would say who we thought should be number one and, you know, who should be number 500 and all that. And I mean, we would take like an, uh, an entire weekend to do that. And I mean, we wouldn't sleep. Like that was our thing every year. And, uh, you know, play with wrestling action figures, watch wrestling. Um, it, 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 it's it's crazy. And I know, you know, people lose people every day, but it sucks when it when it's close to you it, it, and when it hits you hard. You know, I've, I've never cried this much in my life. Like I've, I've lost loved ones and it sucked and, you know, I was upset. But it's, it's, it's like I said, it's like losing my brother. Like I I. I can't even put it into words, but I'll leave it at that. I just wanted everybody to know he was a great, great person, great human being, great dad, a great husband, loved his wife and kids more than anything. We'd sit on the porch and uh, gimmick <laughs> and uh, talk about how crazy it was. I had three boys. He had three girls and they were all friends, you know, and they all loved each other. And they, you know, they continue, they will continue to love each other and, we'll continue to see them and all that stuff. But I just wanted to take a few minutes. And like I said before, I'm sorry if, you know, this isn't really your thing. It's not really wrestling related, but I tried to kind of pay tribute. No, it doesn't matter. It's our, it's our platform and you know, yeah. you can express that. So, and I, and I compare it, you know, Levi, you know, cause we really haven't talked. We texted a few times since this happened, but you know, it, it, it would be like if Nesbitt, you know, if something happened to him. Oh, yeah, totally. You know, yeah, I and know. I know what you're saying. And most people like if it like if it was my mom or my dad or, you know, somebody like that, I probably wouldn't do the show. But with Gary, I know he he knew how much this meant to me because he was right there. I think it was after the first episode came out. I think that next weekend I was at his house and I was, you know, I played it for him and he's like, gosh, man, like who knew you would ever like do something like this. So I know he would want me to do it. And, you know, so this one's for him. So Gary, I love you. Uh, I'm going to miss you. And uh, this one's for you. SummerSlam 1997 devoted to Gary. What a better, what could be a better SummerSlam to devote to Tommy's best friend for many many years so this one goes on to him uh i want to go ahead and take it to the plugs and then we'll hit with some news and then we'll get on to SummerSlam 1997 just for gary all right hey guys sorry to interrupt the show i know you're having a great time listening but we'll be back in just a sec I'm just here to tell you that you need to go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Heels and Quads. Why, you ask? Because it's our merch site. We have tons of sweet merch on there in all different shapes and sizes, and you need to purchase some because your closet is lacking that Heels and Quads Wrestling Podcast t-shirt that you know you've always wanted. So go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Heels and Quads and pick up any of our shirt designs. Make sure for all of your Funko Pop collection needs, you get a Heroes Hideout NY.com. From WWE to the Bullet Club, you can use code QUADS at checkout and save 10% off your order. Also, don't forget, they specialize in meet and greets. From the legends of yesterday, the stars of today, and the future of pro wrestling. Coming up, Raven, August 11th. The Bullet Club, August 26th. J-E-double-F-J-A-double-R-E-double-T. 
Jeff Jarrett and Demolition on September 15th, Psycho Sid and Terry Runnels on November 11th. They will also be featured vendors at StarCast, featuring Young Bucks Pops for those Matt and Nick signatures you are dying to get. Also, make sure to stop in store in Rensselaer, New York at 250 Broadway for not just meet and greets, but all of your action figure needs, featuring lines from the past and present. Heroes Hideout is your new access to entertainment. That's HeroesHideoutNY.com. I need you to do one big favor for me and for yourself, and that's go to CollarNoboBrand.com and use coupon code Heels and Quads in all caps at checkout to save 10% on your order. Oh my, that's a lot of percentage, huh? Speaking of a lot of percentage, you can go to Zubas.com, that's right, Z-U-B-A-C, get your zebra pants, baby, and use coupon code EOS and QUALS in all caps at checkout to save 15% on your order. That's even more percentage, huh? All right, so first and foremost, I wanted to correct myself uh, from a few weeks ago when we were talking the G1 and what would happen if Kenny won and if he'd be the first winner that is champion. He's actually, he actually wouldn't be the first winner that's champion. And the last time it happened was August, 2000, uh, Kensuke Sasaki won it. I'm guessing that's how you pronounce that. Cause it's like Shinsuke, but it's Ken, Ken, Kensuke. So probably Kensuke Sasaki won it. Uh, yeah, that was August 3rd, 2000. So that would be, what'd you say, G1 G1 10? Climax 10, yeah. Yeah, okay. So I wanted to clarify that we actually thought about that and was like, got to do some research on it, so. Well, and that was just like when, and I think it was the same episode when I was like, so does he just pick his challenger if he wins? And not, what, 10 minutes after that, I sent you that tweet from Kevin Kelly. Yeah. That said, he, yeah, he would, he would choose his challenger. Yeah, which makes sense. I mean, and and you know, like we said, it'd probably be Abushi. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, and then we wanted to talk a little Allinsky. Mm-hmm. So uh, first of all, there was some matches added, but those matches were added to Allin's Zero Hour, which will be available. On WGN America, uh, and that starts at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, so 5 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Mountain, 3 p.m. Uh, Pacific. And that's just for the U.S., obviously, those times. Yeah, uh, I, so I saw a tweet from somebody today, and they're like, so I'm going to order the pay-per-view from Fight, but I don't know how I'm going to watch the uh, Zero Hour because we don't get WGN over here in the U.K., so that kind of sucks, but uh, I'm sure they'll yeah. they'll probably put it on like Sky Sports or something for them. I would think. Assume if you order the pay per view, I would bet on the replay that you get the zero hour, or they just go ahead and show it on there as well. Yeah, yeah, I could see that because I think what zero hour basically is going to be. I mean, Cody said in the All Us video uh, earlier today that you know don't see this as a pre show. It's very much part of the show, but. You know, with it being on WGN America, which literally is nationwide, um, not nationwide on your side, but if Nationwide wants to sponsor the show, they can go ahead and do that. 
But I mean, <laughs> chicken parm, you taste so good. Oh God. <laughs> But, I mean, you know, here uh, in Arkansas, it's Channel 9 on, on cable. And then, you know, uh, I think DirecTV, it's like 308 or something like that. I don't I don't re- really remember. I haven't watched it. I, it just depends on your provider, Yeah, too. but uh, even in Chicago, it's Channel 9 on their cable. Okay, so it must be it's, it's nationwide. It's 9. Nationwide, it's Channel 9. <laughs> <laughs> so, not, so not only is the zero hour... Uh, available on WGN America at 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, the actual show, All In, will be available on Pay-Per-View and on Fight TV uh, at 7 p.m. Eastern. And on Honor Club. And Oh, and on Honor and Club. On I did not Honor know Club. that. I okay. think you have to have bought, like, the VIP, the big, you know. Yeah, pay- the $120 yeah, one. The, you got to pay the chunk. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, if you're just, like, the 99 99- Nine ninety nine monthly subscriber. I think you get it like the day or a few days after the replay. Yeah. So the pay per view is thirty nine ninety nine, and Fight TV is forty dollars. So I mean, yeah, it's it's forty dollars both ways. And hey, if you bought the uh, Starcast package on Fight, you have that twenty dollars Fight credit. You could apply that to All In, so All In would actually only be nineteen ninety nine. Yep. That's a hell of a bargain. So basically, because right now they have that sale going, I guess it's without the all-in canvas, but it's like seventy nine ninety nine. So basically, if you apply your fight credit on fight, get all-in for $19.99, you're looking at $98.97 or whatever it would be. $98.98. Yeah. Uh, for, the, for the whole weekend. And that tr- So you get to watch it all. You get to see us on And there. trust me, that's less than what we paid. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but I, I I can't wait. Like I, I'm gonna need this now more than I did before. <laughs> I need a break from reality. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a huge deal, and obviously it's gonna be a long drive. But uh, me and Tommy will have a a piss jug and some, <laughs> some bangs. The way of the road, Ricky. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be banged out of our skulls. And we'll do. Yeah, I don't know if I can drink too many because I'll, I'll have to stop and pee non Well, that's the that's the idea of the piss jug. Yeah. Well, it might be a bucket too. <laughs> yeah. Then we can aim better. Yeah, and I can we can just dump it out, you know. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it flies all over the side of my car. And I'm like, ah, oh, it's in my eyes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So uh, let's run down the matches real quick for all in so far. Obviously. All right. So let's see. Let me click on this little tab ski. All right, so we have, uh, starting with the zero hour, we will have the over-the-budget battle royal, and so far who's been announced for that is Jordine Grace, Jordianne, Jordine Grace, Moose, Rocky Romero, Colt Cabana, Ethan Page. That's the five people who have been announced so far, and there's 15 total, so you got 10 more people to be announced for that. That's over the budget, by the way. Uh, and then there's a tag match on the pre-show with the Briscoe brothers versus SoCal Uncensored. I see you. That, it, that would be Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky because Christopher Daniels on the main card will be taking on Stephen Amell. Uh, we will also have Rey Mysterio, Bandito, and Phoenix versus the Young Bucks and Kota Ibushi. That's going to be insane. I hope there's ladders. I'm sure there will be. Uh... <laughs> yeah. 
Hangman, Hangman Page versus Joey Janela. Kazuchika Okada versus Marty Skrull. And Nick Aldis versus Cody Rhodes for the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship. That is, so far, the card. Obviously, there's, you know, if, you, if you're keeping tabs here, there's still quite a few wrestlers that aren't aren't booked on the main card or anything yet. So, I mean, 10 of them are going to go to the pre-show. And then that means, you know, you got, you still got Kenny's match. Uh, you still got Joey Ryan, the ghost of Joey Ryan. Is he going to be there? Uh, well, I don't remember if the, he was the there. The ghost of Joey Ryan is going to be at Starcast. Now, do you, I, cause I was thinking the ghost of Joey Ryan makes an appearance in either the battle Royal or he makes an appearance in hangman's match. Yeah, I think uh, I think the ghost of Joey Ryan shows up at some point. And he was actually in Disneyland the other day, I think, wasn't uh, he? Universal. In Orlando? Universal, yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, do you think that uh, – oh, I forgot. We didn't mention the match that was announced today on uh, All Us. It was Madison, oh, yeah. Madison Rain versus Britt Baker versus Tessa Blanchard versus Chelsea Green. So that's the yep. other match, and that it, that will be on the main card as well, I believe. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Do you think? And I don't remember what I was thinking. It doesn't matter. If it comes back yeah, to me, it comes back right. to me. Um, I mean, other than that, I don't really have any news. No, I think that's the, that's the groundbreaking bit there. And I'm sure everybody, most people have probably heard it. If you keep up to date with the BTE squad like us and all in, obviously in Starcast, but uh, if you didn't, well, now you know. And I think, yeah, I think we're ready to get on to the main card here. Oh, one more thing before we get to SummerSlam 97. Heart and soul. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, t-shirts, t-shirts have been ordered for StarCast. There will be a very limited amount. I tweeted about this earlier. Very limited amount. They will be limited edition, only available at StarCast. So if you wanted to order shirts on that's fine uh but if you want to buy a t-shirt directly from us at starcast they will be limited edition only at starcast we will only do this print one time uh with this uh style so like i said very very limited <laughs> so make sure friday when at our table you stop by and pick up a t-shirt we will have small medium large extra large so unless limited you... edition 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 Unless you contact us ahead of time and say, hey, I want that limited edition tee, but I'm a extra small or I'm a 2X or I'm a 6X, that's going to be that's gonna be the uh, quantities and sizes. So, Yeah, there we go. Right. We'll, have some, we'll have some different tees. Which we might, end up say, we might actually end up getting a couple for ourselves, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's no doubt about price. that. Yeah, I'll pay full price. Yeah, I will, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'll vape to that. And then uh, you ready to jump in? I'm ready. Start we'll talk about <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about SummerSlam nineteen ninety seven, Heart and Soul. <laughs> Presented by Stridex. Of course, with the blimp floating not, around. Not karate fighters this time, it's Stridex. Yep, it was either Stridex or karate fighters. Hey, and I so, hope you I hope you got the uh, like the the backstage segments. That's the only thing I didn't take notes on, or like the oh, proper yeah, placement. 
Yeah, I got the backstage. Okay, segments. okay. Because I we are I literally watched this uh, at like three a.m. this morning because I could not sleep worth a donkey turd. So donkey that do. was what I did. Yeah. All right, so SummerSlam 1997, Heart and Soul, was August 3rd, 1997, with an attendance of 20,213. It was at the Continental Airlines Arena in East Rutherford, New Jersey, and Tommy was there. At the Meadowlands, at the Continental Airlines Arena, I always flew Continental after I moved to Arkansas. It's funny because Continental Airlines Arena in East Rutherford, and when I would go back to New Jersey to visit, when they were still around, Continental has been bought out since then. But I would always fly Continental. My dad always made sure I flew Continental Airlines. So, was that better or something? No, it, it was. I think it was just that New Jersey kind of thing. You you wanted to like. It felt like you were giving back to the Garden State. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, and then the pay per view buys. You said the attendance was twenty thousand two hundred thirteen. Pay per view buys two hundred thirty five thousand. So not terrible, is, not, not great. Um, obviously, this it's at down this point, the, the next year. I think is up another five hundred thousand from that. Yeah, it it was. You could see there was a rise coming. Yeah. Um. And man, I just remember sitting there before this, like that morning, because superstars came on Sunday mornings, and watching superstars and like playing with the figures and stuff. Because I was ten, and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to see you know. I can't wait to see this show. This is, it was, it, it felt so much bigger than it actually was going back and watching it. <laughs> like it's like SummerSlam yeah. 92. Like I always just remembered 97 being such a great year. And I think obviously my, I'm biased towards it, but I mean, you know, I, I got to tell you, I mean, I'm with, I'm with you on that though, because SummerSlam 1997 to me is out of SummerSlam's top five, one of my top five favorites, maybe top three. I just, I really like SummerSlam 97. And watching this, hey, hush. Hey. Oh, the dog's barking. Uh, he's getting, he's growling at the maintenance guy. He's out back. Sorry about that. I couldn't even, I couldn't <laughs> hear him barking. I could hear him growling though. He's growling. Yeah. Uh, so watching it last night, being that I went back to work today, it was kind of, you know, summer pay-per-views are on Sundays. You go back to school on Monday. It was nostalgic for me in a way that it was like, I'm watching this the night before I go back to do work, you know, go back to do something you don't necessarily want to do, <laughs> but it, it was just kind of nostalgic. And I, yeah, like summer 97 is top five for sure. Possibly top three. I just, I, and I watched this last year, actually, uh, I watched it. I've watched this one many times, but last year I actually watched it on August 3rd on the 20th anniversary. So this is, we are just, we are just a few days shy of the 21st anniversary here. Yeah. We almost hit it, but with doing 92 for, I mean, we, I mean, just our recording schedule, we weren't going to hit it. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it was cool. It was cool to go back and watch it. And I've watched this one several times since then. Um, but it was cool to watch it. And, like, kind of just go back because it was so, like, memorable. Yeah. Where were you guys sitting? Oh, in the nosebleeds. Okay. Yeah, I bet tickets were probably expensive. They weren't, ex- as always. They weren't expensive because I remember my dad being on the phone. But 
and uh, jotting down numbers. He, always, he he still does that to this day. Like when I see him, if he's on the phone with somebody, he, he's always doodling and jotting numbers down on his on a piece of paper or envelope or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it wasn't it wasn't like it was expensive. It was just it it was a legit sellout. Because yeah, because I mean, and like they said, uh, Vince said it. How many Austin three sixteen shirts were in the crowd? That I mean, that was really one of the big reasons why people were there. It was on the uphill, man. It was definitely climbing at this point. And, it, and, and I think, and at that point, that was the only shirt he had. Was the Austin yeah, three sixteen shirt. That was all you needed, man. You just needed that Austin three sixteen. Yeah, it was. Uh, I like going back and watching ninety seven and. At times, I used to dislike it because I thought it, it was – there was something about it I just disliked. But in retrospect, I, I think 97 was a great year for WWE or WWF because it was just – it was on the uphill, man. They were rising and they were coming back and, you know, they were just months away from finally beating uh, Nitro in the ratings. So And like we've talked about before – is it part of the attitude error or is it like, is it a transition period? Because it's not, I don't see this as new generation. No, but I, absolutely I not. But I, I almost want to say it's attitude era because I think, you know, when I we think, talked about King of the ring and Austin's promo, I really think that's when it started. The transition yeah. began yeah. because yeah, because it was, I think there's a long transition period. I don't know that there's a single moment or a single match that defines the beginning, but I think there's about a, a year or more is the transition period. And I think, I think WrestleMania uh, 14, it was definitely in full effect and it might even have been prior to that, but it, it had a lot to do with stone cold, obviously yeah. I, I mean, and his promo. And, and we'll argue that until the end of this podcast. Oh yeah. And beyond and until the end of wrestling. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a lifelong debate on, the attitude era began because it was it was the the boom the last big boom until i want to say now now is another wrestling boom it's it's bigger than it has been probably since the attitude era yeah definitely uh so the opening video package is is it fair is it fair (laughs) dude (laughs) everything is is it fair Support for this episode has been provided by Ratio Keto-Friendly Dairy Snacks. If counting macros makes your head spin, count instead on a snack by Ratio. They've done the math for you, so you can spend less time studying the label and more time enjoying your day. Creamy and delicious, try strawberry and vanilla for two grams of carbs and a unique combination of sugar and protein. Interested? Ratio Keto-Friendly Dairy Snacks are now available in the yogurt aisle at Walmart. Always consult your physician before starting an eating plan that involves regular consumption of high-fat foods. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask, Regina, do you like to compete? I say, bring it on. Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end. It's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Is is it is, fair? Is it fair? Dot, 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 yeah. Dot. Is it fair? And, and, uh, and then it, I don't I don't and remember then the taglines after. Uh, uh, life isn't fair, but whoever said it would be. Yeah. And then, and then, and then it opens with Vince McMahon. 
Welcome everyone to SummerSlam. Heart and soul. The whole the logo is everywhere. Yeah. I guess this would be the last uh, SummerSlam that had a gimmick to it, maybe. Like you know, heart and soul being no, not necessarily a gimmick. Ninety eight, but... which we'll do. That'll be our last show before All In. I oh yeah, I guess that was Highway, highway to, to Hell. hell. And I think ninety. I want to say ninety nine had a. I guess I'm wrong. Yeah, ninety nine was had uh, to Jesse it. Ventura was the ref, right? Was ninety nine? Yeah. yeah, I just don't remember what the. I feel like there was a, like a, there a tag was a on tag. or something. To that, I don't but. know. Anyways, heart and soul. Yeah, Jr. Vinnie Mac and King are on commentary, which is I. I liked the trio of them. Yeah, for I don't. I don't want to hear Vince with one person, but with all three of them there, I. I, I loved it. Yeah, because Jr. and King can carry him. Yeah, <laughs> just, just <laughs> sit back and write our checks out, Vince. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you can see that there's a cage already around the ring. Oh, that blue, uh, the blue, yeah, classic blue, old blue. <laughs> I love it. I, I I do miss the blue cage. I um, wish when they, and especially compared to the dog pen they have now, when they do the. Uh... When if they do another like old school raw, I think they should have a a, a cage match with the old blue cage. Yeah, that'd be sweet. That man. would be awesome. And it, you know, another great thing about the blue cage, and it's not just nostalgia, but it, it just it, first of all, it looked good, and it, second, it was so clanky yeah. that everything was like amplified when somebody got thrown into it. It sounded like just it sounded like a all it sounded like noises. a car crash. My God, that sounds like a car crash. <laughs> On whatever interstate they're nearby. 95. Yeah. 95. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, Triple H and Mankind start the show in the cage match. China's outside. Uh, Triple H begins the match by immediately going for the door and goes up top to escape. But Mankind takes him down, doesn't let him do that. Uh, Old Mankind takes the early advantage in the match. Uh, when Triple H comes back at him, he starts throwing Mankind into the cage a lot. And, of course, old Mick makes it look good, as usual. Uh, Triple H suplexes Mankind off the top. I didn't want to get too, too detailed on what happens in the match, but this is kind of one I had to yeah, no, mention stuff I, on I, because I'm, I think this is an awesome match. Yeah. Uh, he keeps pounding Mick's head against the cage, and it, like I said, it sounds good because it's clanking, just click, click, you know, all that metal banging together. That didn't sound like metal, but <laughs> uh, Triple H goes to get out but fails again. Uh, he gets his Triple H gets his leg stuck in the ropes, and Mankind goes for the door, but China slams the door on his head, and it looks like it really made contact. That's one thing I've watched. Every time I watch this show, it, it like. When China slams that door, it really looks like it hit mankind in the oh, head. Oh, it had to have. And you know, he he like, said, really, you know, lay it in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then after that, mankind gets a hold of Triple H. Uh, China's climbing up the side of the cage, and mankind catapults Triple H into the cage, and it throws China off on the other side. She hits the guardrail. Uh, Mick climbs up and goes all the way out but decided to climb back up to the top so he could hit an elbow off the top of the cage. Mankind wins by climbing out as uh, Triple H is simultaneously going for the door while China's pulling him towards the door. And Mankind or, uh, Triple H goes over the top and wins. And then as he's laying there on the ground, the Dude Love song plays. 
<laughs> and I okay, so I'll, I'll go run through my notes real quick. So possibly the match of the night opens. The storytelling between these two alone makes this worth a watch. Absolutely, China yeah. as an added bonus is great. They really get over that she is the reason this match is taking place in a cage. And you know when Mick had it won, he was going back up to do something that was awesome. Like because he was going down so slow, you're like, no, nope, no, nope. yeah, exactly. And then he, he did, stops, he no, and the yeah. camera angle they get right on his face, and he whips off the mask and throws it over. And then they zoom yep. in on his face, and he's got like that, you know, that that smile, that, look. that mixed smile, yeah, without you know, without his teeth and all that. And then when he does the elbow drop, and everybody's chanting "super fly" and all that, and then he, it's like they do that spot, same spot twice, where China's like trying to wake Hunter up. Yeah, and uh, and then yeah, and then at the end, my, my last note is that foot tap. <laughs> when the yeah, started. yeah, exactly. That's I the <laughs> yeah, so great. And he, you know, I like of mankind. This is the brown outfit is mankind's yeah, outfit. Yeah, the white shirt is cool and all, but the brown outfit is the way to and go. The, and the, this action figure, that SummerSlam uh, mankind action figure, is the one my kids want, and it's on Amazon right now. I need to order it for them because they're like, I love that. All three of them want that brown outfit. It's awesome, man. And just so everybody knows, I'm doing this kind of old school right now. Because I'm outside, because my kids are inside playing Minecraft and they're loud. So if anybody's wondering if you can hear birds or rain or whatever, I am outside. Or the alarm clock that was going on. Yeah. Oh, that was the car. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was it. trying to do, I was trying to do it in the car, but it kept cutting out. So I was just getting out to get a be- better signal. So if you hear birds or cars or whatever, I apologize. It's all right. It's nature. Everybody can listen. Uh, after the match. You get a little clip of the Stridex blimp floating around because, remember, SummerSlam 1997 is brought to you by Stridex. That's right. So was 96. It was. Uh, and then we get Christy, the tax crusher Whitman, <laughs> introduced by Todd Pettengill, accompanied by the Headbangers and Gorilla Monsoon. Gorilla Monsoon awards her the belt, the WWF championship, for, uh, and she said she was going to cut taxes. Yeah, you know. she's the reason why WWF came back to New Jersey they hadn't done a pay-per-view there in eight or nine years, and the last one was actually SummerSlam 89. So, yeah, eight years since they had done a televised event in New Jersey because the uh, sports commission in New Jersey decided they were going to tax uh, WWF more because they were they saw them as a sport rather than entertainment. And uh, that's kind of that was kind of that point where Vince first announced that it was sports entertainment. It wasn't, it wasn't real. Okay. So, that, so that's why that all happened. And Christy Todd Whitman, her kids were huge WWF fans. So that's why all that happened. So fun facts from a Jersey. Shout boy. out to Christy Todd Whitman for making that happen. And I, I, I wanted to mention that too. Do you think maybe this is that when Linda and Vince kind of decided they wanted to be more political yeah, I would assume. Because you time, know Linda you know. was rubbing elbows with old Christy Todd Whitman. Well, you know, and of course it makes you, gets you that mainstream rub. Yeah. You know, and they needed that against WCW so people would tune into them. Yep. So, I mean, I could see that being it. Uh, after the Christy Todd Whitman, it is Todd, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. I had Tax Crusher because I couldn't tell if they were saying Todd or not. CT Dub. 
CT Dub. <laughs> uh, after that little segment, it shows Tiger Ali Singh in the audience. Is that the Singh brothers' dad? Mm, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know because okay, because T- Tiger Jeet Singh, who was by Tiger Ali Singh, that's his dad. So I don't know if maybe okay. the Singh brothers are. I don't even know if that's their. You know, if that's their shoot name or if they're just. I'm sure. Yeah, you know, Singh could be. Yeah, exactly. And I know that's a popular using that. Um, but I was hoping you would bring that up because I just thought it was so funny that they showed him the crowd. It was like one of those ones that they expected to get so much more over than that character ever did. Yeah, they said he would be coming to the WWF very, very soon. And he did. It was uh, probably a couple of weeks after this he debuted. Um, and I remember this character. I remember his gimmick. It was kind of like the Million Dollar Man-esque uh, or even – uh, like Alberto Del Rio when he came in and like basically flaunted that he was rich and but Tiger yeah. Ali Singh would do the same thing that DiBiase did and he'd like give people money to like lick his feet and all that weird stuff so oh okay now I remember this yeah, guy. yeah 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 okay I remember now uh so after it shows a little clip of him it shows uh a clip from earlier in the day the SummerSlam festivities. Sean's on top of the car posing and yada yada. Just the stuff that happened earlier in the day. The beach party in the parking lot. Yeah. Uh, and then we go into Goldust versus Brian Pillman. And if Brian Pillman loses, he has to wear the dress. I loved this storyline so much. This was right before he passed, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, because this is, yeah, August 3rd, and he passed away in October. That's the right. night before Bad Blood. Yeah. So, yeah, this was his last real uh, storyline. That's what I thought because I don't remember a lot. I don't remember a lot of Pillman stuff after this, and I haven't like. I know the events leading up to SummerSlam '97, but I don't remember much after it. But I remember the build to Bad Blood, and so that I knew it was somewhere around there. Yeah, and the the Uh, whole idea behind this whole storyline is that you know Brian Pillman and uh, Terry Reynolds actually dated in WCW before she married uh, Dustin Reynolds. So, okay. yeah, so that it, it, I I watched that shoot interview she did with Vince Russo for kayfabe commentaries. And yeah. she basically said, like, Vince claims he didn't know. So it was just kind of odd coincidence that it happened like that. That sounds like a Vince thing that he might not know. Yeah, but he, yeah, bro, so. bro, I don't know, bro. I didn't know, bro. Yeah. I didn't know. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't have a lot of stuff written about the match. I thought it was a good match. It was, you know, limited on time. Uh, the, Pillman chases Marlena around the ring. Goldust stands up, clotheslines him. Uh, Goldust throws Pillman off the turnbuckle onto the ropes, which looked really cool. Uh, and at the end, Marlena hits Ryan Pillman with the purse, and Goldust pins him for the win. Thought it was a good short match. Uh, just two great personalities overall. I think just the care and it, I, this storyline I could watch go on for months yeah. because it was just the perfect clash of characters. You got you know the weird Goldust versus the crazy Brian Pillman, the loose cannon, if you will, the loose cannon. Uh, and we forgot to give our quad ratings. Oh as yes. well, like we so do every quad week. rating for Mankind versus uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Because it's one of my favorites of all time, I got four quads on it. <sighs> 
Uh, I was gonna say three point seven five, but I'll bump it up to four just because of. I'll go. I'll go with three point seven five. That's just... fine because it's you know four four quads is a lot. So, but five quads is the most quads, right? Or are we doing out of? Yeah. Are we doing out of ten? I, I think we settled on five. So yeah, yeah you know, five. I'll do four. I'll give it four quads because right, it's we'll it's, agree on it's four worth quads. that. Um, yeah. Real quick before we get to it on that match, uh, the Goldust Brian Coleman match, I'll give my my notes, which are which are short. Uh, match was too short. I always felt yep. that Brian Pillman was underused in WWF, and of course, you know, with his car crash and everything, it was like he was more of just a TV personality through his stint than he was a an actual performer because. Yeah, you know, he did the the right after the car accident. He had the angle in the house with you know with Austin coming in, um, and then he did uh, commentary with uh, Jr. for Shotgun Saturday Night. Which, if you guys have never watched that, it's on YouTube. They don't have it on the network yet, but Shotgun Saturday Night is on YouTube, and you can go back and watch when I love Shotgun Saturday when Pillman Night. did the commentary for it. It was freaking awesome because it was like yeah. he didn't pull any punches on commentary. Um, but, you know, the storylines when he was there w- were great. He was involved in great storylines. Uh, but the matches he was in just always came off kind of flat. Like, they just didn't let him be himself, I felt like. Um, and everybody everybody wanted to see Pillman in a dress, even me, who was a Pillman fan. I just thought that was going to be hilarious. Especially as a ten- just, Ed just adds to the right. Especially as a 10-year-old, yeah. you know, the year before that, we'd had, you know, Dennis Rodman in a marrying himself in a dress and you know obviously we were all dennis rodman fans back then um yeah but yeah that's i mean i i want to just kind of put this as a whole with the storyline in general because they didn't get to do as much as i think they'd planned on there i could have seen this going to wrestlemania yeah, it would have been great. You start here, you know, they do different stuff in between, and then they you rebegin the build at Royal Rumble. And maybe know. it would have been a great. And maybe at some point, like Marlena, like legit turns on Goldust. I think that would have been great. Yeah, I mean, it it would have been perfect yeah. in here. And I just, I I love the idea of this match and the idea of the feud and everything about it. And as far as the match goes, I think I I think I hit it with two point seven five quads. Blown I'm good with just that. because of how short it yeah. was. If it was longer, it would have been three, three and a half yeah. because I know these guys could pull it off. But in the in the short, whatever it was, I think it was around like ten minutes. It it had uh, it had it had plenty of action in it. But they, you know, that was just the seven minutes and they were seventeen just, seconds. Yeah, so they were just kind of scraping the. Scraping the top there, or whatever but, that term but, is. I'm really, I always botch term uh, phrases <laughs> on here. Uh, <laughs> but like going back to what I was saying about, I could see this going to WrestleMania, and like with, if Marlena turns on Goldust, like for real in in the storyline, because at WrestleMania 14 and 98, which would have been the next WrestleMania, Goldust had already turned into the artist formerly known as Goldust. So yeah. he's with Luna, and then you got Brian Pillman and you know Terry, and then you're like, not Uncle Terry. Uh, but then you, huh. then you've got that, you know, this is what I've become because of you. Like you turned me this way. This is why yeah. I am what I am now. So I, I think, I think that would have been the way to go. You booked it, man. Yeah. I think that, you booked it. I think that would have been the way to go, but, and that, yeah. that's all just from watching this one match this morning. I'm like sitting there thinking about it. Like, 
Uh, you know, every time I see it, though, I just I it was it was good. It just had it had a lot to it that didn't get to go any further. And you know, that probably came a lot with Brian Pillman's untimely death. But you know, well, and, and just... we've paid so much more closer attention to Brian Pillman when we review these shows because we had a son on, and you know, go back and let... he's been on the last few we did. The I know, the beach but that's what I'm too. saying. We pay so much more attention to his matches, I think, because we got to know his son. So I think that might be – I mean, b- besides the fact that he was an incredible talent and yeah. should have been a main event, you know, top-tier guy because he had it. He had it all. I mean, he had the look. He had the athleticism. You know, he had promo for days. Uh, oh, yeah. So, I mean – but, I, you know, I just think that that might, you know – tend to for us to look at his matches a little closer than we might not have you know 10 years ago i'm with you all right so after that we get we go right into the godwins versus legion of doom uh and (laughs) before the before the match or as the match is kind of the Godwins are going to the ring, uh, they cut a promo in the back, and I just kind of put Hawk cuts a Hawk promo. Yeah, you know? it's Hawk, Hawk cuts his little part, and Animal says his thing, but it's just a it's just Hawk being Hawk. Yeah. Well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the The only thing I really got about this match is it it was I was obviously just you know filler because the tag titles were split up in the card in different places. Right. Uh, after Animal gets pushed off the apron onto the rail. I sent you a picture of the guy, the Samoan guy that's in the front row, and he babbles off in Samoan real quick. And it's just funny because he's pointing that animal on the ground. He's like, blah, 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 blah. like whatever oh, it is. Oh, no, I'm that wasn't a Samoan guy. That was Captain Lou. Oh, see, that's, that's, how, <laughs> that, that's how dumb That I was am. Mario, dude. <laughs> okay. That was Captain Lou. No, he, he looked Samoan, but that was also because he, he managed the wild Samoans back in the day, so. It makes sense. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. I didn't. I guess I didn't recognize him, or I'm just like I'm uneducated. But no, you no, know, no, I always no, messed up, no, up on here. No, but he does. He does. At that point in the '90s, he looked Samoan. Yeah, yeah. But, it looked. I just. But yeah, I was thinking the same thing too when I was watching that because I don't remember that spot. Watching it yeah. before, and I'm like, "What the hell did he just say?" <laughs> He's like, bada, 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 but, like he babbles it off so fast. You know, the story you always was with Captain Lou. Like, Vince always kept him around because of his, you know, he was so, like, true to Vince's dad, Vince Sr., that, like, Vince just always kept him on the payroll, so he was always just kind of around for the big shows. Yeah. But he was always drunk, so he could never really do anything. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> spot because they even say maybe he's looking for a, a new team to manage because yeah. he had he had held or been the manager of a team that had held the tag titles 23 times okay so but uh, in, in my notes real quick just real quick because like you i have really nothing to say about this match not much yeah um classic power tag match aka lod match uh mm-hmm. one of them gets wore down tries to make a comeback fails here it's Animal who finally gets the hot tag to, to Hawk. They go for the Doomsday device. It fails. Then they hit a spike pile driver, which was actually kind of cool. Yeah, that was awesome. Because I don't really remember them ever doing that before. No, and I, when they did it, I was like, oh, okay. I don't remember them that being one of their big moves in their moveset, especially a finisher. Yeah. Because that, that finished the match. They won the match. Yeah, you always, I mean, you always saw them win the match with a Doomsday device. Like, that was always yeah. the finish. 
But I wonder if that's because Hog, Henry O. Godwin, they had broke his neck before that. So maybe they just didn't want to try to do that, like, for real. Yeah. Because Phineas comes in and knocks animals, uh, hits him in the back, and then Hawk jumps off and clotheslines Phineas. So maybe that's what the, the thinking was there. Possibly. Uh, after this, oh, yeah, and I guess quad rating. I mean, I got, I got one and a half. Yeah, I'll give it one and a half just because it's LOD. Yeah, and I like the Godwins. I, I always enjoy. No, that. I'm a, yeah. I always enjoyed that gimmick because the, they're from Arkansas too. I like Bitters them. Arkansas, Bitters Arkansas, and, and Jerry Lawler talks talks crap about it yeah. like usual. Toad suck and yeah, <laughs> he's like Arkansas's got these towns like blah blah blah, and he says blue balls. Yeah, is there an actual yeah. blue balls Arkansas? <laughs> I don't. Know. I know there's a wiener. There is a I, wiener. I know there's Arkansas. a toad suck. There is a toad suck, and there is a wiener. I've been there. There's one gas station. There's a there's no a lake, lake Dick too. Lake Dick. Yep, South Arkansas. Also, uh, for those of you who've never been to Arkansas or know nothing about the state, there's also a town called Bald Knob. <laughs> oh yeah, which yeah. is featured in the. <laughs> yeah, I know about the Bald Knob, which is featured in Beavis and Butthead Do America. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> we always try to find a way to squeeze Beavis and Butthead in there. I knew we oh, could yeah. do it. Uh, so after Godwin's an LOD. We get the Million Dollar Challenge Finals presented by Todd Pettengill as well. I just want to say this real quick. This right here, Sonny is smoking hot. Oh, yeah. And I, yeah, yes. Holy yes. shit. Like, as a. And as, Todd's being distracted by her breasts. As a 10 year old kid, Sonny was way hotter than Sable. Yeah. Yeah. Don't kill me, Brock. Well, and now, and now, say. well, I'm, Sable's unattractive to me now. Well, she's attractive, sorry. Yeah. But she's unattractive to me now because she's Brock's wife. Yeah. <laughs> I, because I know that he's putting a hurting on it. I, so. Yeah, well, that, and I just see him, her holding him like a big baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's all red and sweaty. Uh, so, presented by Todd Pettengill is the Million Dollar Challenge Finals. I uh, <laughs> feel bad for the guy on the phone, Michael. The southern accented guy, because they're like, are you watching Summer Slam? He's like, no, my pipe you from Ryder don't have it. And everybody in the crowd's booing him. <laughs> yeah, like, he's getting like, like they're burying the guy, and Todd's like, well, you need to go to, Todd's like, you need to go to your neighbor's house, then and watch some SummerSlam. And I feel bad for the dude, and he picks a number, and he loses, and then Todd just hangs up on him. He's like, all right, bye, and he, like, hangs up on him. Like, I just feel so bad for the dude. No, forget that always, guy. I always get in my feelings about it, but uh, the kid, uh, there's the kid and the bald guy that looks like Stone Cold. Like he, he's like literally got the earring. He's, in, he's trying to look like Stone Cold. He's even. Got <laughs> and then a when t- they say like, he's even got a t-shirt tucked into his jorts. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, Todd says something about like, "Is oh, you get that inspiration from Stone Cold?" And the dude just mumbles something off on the mic, like you can't, you can't hear it. <laughs> if you put the closed captioning on it, just says inaudible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It says inaudible. So the kid gets a hug from Sable, and the bald guy wants to be Steve Austin, but neither of them win. <laughs> neither of them win. The winning number was number three. So yeah, million dollar challenge. Poor. I mean, I just felt so bad for the guy on the phone. So shout out to Michael. If Michael, if you listen to the show, and you need to watch SummerSlam, you can do so on the WWE Network. Nowadays. So <laughs> if you want to re- 
Relive some nostalgia of your life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you are on the WWE Network, my friend. And now you're on the Heels and Quads Wrestling Podcast. That's right. So, shout out to Michael. Hey, we should have a shirt that says, no, my cable provider don't carry it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Like, Poor guy. With like, and, and then Todd just shits on him for it. I'm like, come on, dude. It's not his fault. I mean, he could do what yeah. I do like with MLB Extra Innings, and I switch to DirecTV. And then the day after, the cable company decides they're going to pick it up. So, yeah. Long story yeah. short, my mom still has DirecTV because of that. There you have it. Tommy's watching his MLB. All right. So, after the Million Dollar Challenge finals, we get the British Bulldog versus Ken Shamrock. Uh, it's really centered around that dog food thing, yeah. too. And it's not old Roy. It's old boy. It's old boy, yeah. And this is for the European title. Oh, boy. You know they got that logo made for two cans. And it was the one they used in, on Raw and the one they used for this. Yeah. Uh, uh, they come out, I mean, There's a lot of striking in the match. Yeah. You um, know what I'm waiting for, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get out of my way. Get out of my way. <laughs> yeah. That was the whole match to me, like with his bloody mouth. Yep, yep. The crowd was hot uh, for him, though. Totally. And it, at this point, I think this is when they kind of gave Davy Boy his last little rub here. And it was next month when he faced Sean. Yeah. And they plugged uh, that like right before the match yep, starts. Yep. And I think this is kind of when they lost faith in him probably before this maybe, but this is kind of when they lost faith in him as a top competitor. They didn't see him as a top guy and they might've seen that years before, but I just kind of put it in here because at some point, but right here especially, you know, they got him doing the – when he's working with dog food like that, that's when you've kind of hit a point where it's like, okay, this guy, they don't take him seriously. Yeah, and, and let's face it, he was still there because of Brett. Exactly. Because when Brett leaves at, after Survivor Series, and we'll talk about that, I'm sure, this year in a couple of months. Oh, yeah. But because uh, that's kind of like where we're headed here in this pay-per-view. But uh, uh, Bulldog goes with him, so – Yep. And then he gets that last WWF run with the jeans, which I still enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. I like him better uh, at, at that run than this one. Yeah, I think so because he was, it was more serious and he was, he, he was there to fight, you know, and do something. So, uh, of course they mentioned his biggest moment at SummerSlam 92, which I mean, how could you not? But you know, they say a couple of years prior that happened, uh, but for some reason, during the match, he's dominating a former UFC fighter. He's not he, – you figure he'd be the one getting his ass kicked yeah. or dropping the belt, but he's pretty much beating the hell out of Shamrock the whole time, and then Shamrock loses it. <laughs> and he gets DQ'd for hitting Bulldog in the back of the head with the can of dog food. <laughs> and, and it goes everywhere. Out everywhere. <laughs> and it goes everywhere. <laughs> Uh, then he chokes out Davey with a rear naked after he's DQ'd. He just keeps choking him out. All the officials come out, and then he proceeds to suplex the officials, and Pat Patterson and Briscoe being the first ones to go. And I think he hits one ref, and then all the refs start backing out of the ring, and they just take off. I wonder if uh, if Vince noticed this spot, because I don't know if even if you did. But after, like, Patterson and everybody gets it, they show Patterson, like, in the – on the side of the ring towards the entrance and he digs his underwear out of his ass. No, I didn't see that. So I wonder if this is where the poop stain Patterson <laughs> thing comes from. It could be. I mean, I did not notice that. I did not notice that. I, That's awesome. I, I might re- have to go back and I rewound it like three times. Cause I was like, did he just do what I think he did? <laughs> and they caught it on camera. 
Okay. That's, that's the first that. ever Intercontinental Champion, by the way. Yeah. So, uh, British Bulldog wins by disqualification because Ham- Shamrock, Hamrock, bashed him in the back of the head with dog food, and, and it went everywhere. And, and then yells, get out of my way! Get out of my way! And then I think he, uh, the, I think he was going to do it again, and then he just said, get out! And then he, like, takes off. It was weird. Yeah. Yeah. But you could tell uh, he was, like, standing there, and he's all, like, puffing and puffing. Like, he was, like, waiting for the crowd to cheer for him, and then they just popped. And then he's like, okay, I'm good. Yeah, he's like, all right, I got my, I got my little popski. Uh, I'd say this is a <laughs> probably about a one-and-a-half quad match, yeah. maybe. Yeah, it, know, it, it's nothing special. It was basically just to make Shamrock look like a, a loose cannon. Crazy person. Yeah. <laughs> Makes him look crazy and look like he's a badass, which he legitimately yeah. is. I wouldn't mess um, with him to this day. No. Kick the shit nope. out of me. Uh, then you get Todd Pettengill again backstage with Shawn Michaels. And Shawn Michaels says he'll be impartial and unbiased, and he's going to call it right down the middle. Mm. Hmm. Because he is the guest referee for the main event of Heart and Soul. Presented by Stratex. Uh, presented by Stratex. After this is Los Periquas. You said it! Is, uh, Los Periquas versus the Disciples of the Apocalypse. Of Apocalypse, excuse me, DOA. Nothing really special here, just a 10-man tag match. Kind of filler. Take about 10 minutes. Uh, Savio Vega drops an elbow on, I don't remember which member of DOA for the win. And Nation of Domination is outside. They come out towards the end of the match. And then after the match is over, they just start brawling with everyone. And Crush gets on his bike. And I don't know if it's Vince or JR, but they're like, he's trying to run them down. Get a credit card that gives you what you need now. A low interest rate on everyday purchases and a place to transfer high interest rate balances. The PenFed Gold Contactless Card is our lowest interest rate credit card. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Join PenFed and together we can help you keep more of what's yours. Visit PenFed.org slash gold card. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Support for this episode has been provided by Ratio Keto-Friendly Dairy Snacks. If counting macros makes your head spin, count instead on a snack by Ratio. They've done the math for you, so you can spend less time studying the label and more time enjoying your day. Creamy and delicious, try strawberry and vanilla for two grams of carbs and a unique combination of sugar and protein. Interested? Ratio Keto-Friendly Dairy Snacks are now available in the yogurt aisle at Walmart. Always consult your physician before starting an eating plan that involves regular consumption of high-fat foods. (laughs) <laughs> and he's barely moving. Like, the bike's moving so slow. And then do you notice he, go, he goes up the ramp, and he stops in the doorway of the entranceway? Yes. <laughs> and you just see yes. him, like, sitting there on the bike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, okay. So, yep. here, um, okay. here's my uh, very short review of this match. Should have just added the nation to the match. Would have made it much better than ruin- ruining it with a big brawl. Nothing to say, really. That's my full review of the match. Yeah, and I, I I throw it like a half a quad. Like I kinda I sprained my quad yeah. watching this. You bru- it wasn't you, too big. You didn't even sprain it, you bruised it. Yeah, like I bumped it up against the table. And you were like somewhat hard. You get, Yeah, I was like, oh you, damn. You gave it a Peter Griffin. Or it's like a Charlie Horace. Oh I don't know, Char- man. Charlie no, Horace hurts. hurts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I kinda I kinda barely bumped it. So yeah, it's like a ha- it's like a quarter or a half a quad. It's literally just here just to just to take up time and kind of set up that nation and 
DOA thing. Yeah, it's basically here to break up like the first part of the event to the main events. Yep. Yep, you're right. Uh, We go into a video package for Owen Hart versus Stone Cold, and I beat Steve. uh, I beat Stone Cold. I was I was the man who beat Stone Cold Steve Austin five times. Yeah, they show that same little five three second clip like five times. Yep. I was the man who beat Stone Cold Steve Austin. Okay. I was the man who beat Stone Cold Steve Austin. Okay, Rocket. Yeah. Uh, Speaking <laughs> that, I I legit popped when Owen comes out because we got the yeah, yep. <laughs> and as that song's playing and he gets to the ring, Stone Cold's coming. He's walking, and Michael Cole. <laughs> this might this might be my favorite part of the night. It goes with it so well. Stone Cold's marching down, and Michael Coles says something to him, and he goes, if you don't move out of my way, you're going to kiss my ass. <laughs> it's, the song's playing. Yeah. Brett Ownhart's song is playing. I always loved Cole's when they showed him coming to the entranceway backstage. Yeah. And 97, yeah. like, the, the, from here until the end, they do it, like, at least once every pay-per-view. Yep. Uh. So, first of all, this is an awesome match. Uh, la- without the, If the ending hadn't happened the way it did, it would have been even better. But, you know, it, I think it's a great match. I would have loved to have seen more Owen Hart and Stone Cold matches. Yeah. Because these guys could, could do some work. And, you, I mean, Stone Cold was a, is a great wrestler, and he's not super limited in ring. But he isn't – he wasn't super technical, but when he's wrestling with Owen – it kind of brings that out. Yeah, and, and he was more see... of his stunning Steve style when he was yeah, more technical. Yeah, <clears throat> exactly. But... And Stone Cold's a great wrestler, but when he kind of fell into that Stone Cold Steve Austin character, he was more of a brawler than a technician. And I think, you know, with his neck here, I think that's when he becomes that more of a brawler because between his neck and his knees, I mean... He couldn't really do a lot. He, yeah. yeah. Um. So, yeah, the, after the awesome entrance, <laughs> uh, Owen takes out Stone Cold right away with a shot to the knee. It's off camera, but that's what they say. He uh, clipped his knee. Uh, Owen has the slammy winner tights on, which I love. I love Because those. it's the, he bragged about that for so yeah. long. Yeah. Uh, just a great back and forth match from, from two amazing talents. Uh, when the tombstone happens, you can immediately tell it hurt Stone Cold. Yeah, you uh, and you can see right after it happens that he says something to Owen, and Owen stands up and kind of Owen does a good job trying to sell, t- trying to distract. Now he's gonna uh, kiss my ass. Yeah, and he he looks at the crowd and he's flexing, and the ref I think just kind of tells Stone Cold just roll him up, and with with the exception of the roll up, I think this is. Uh, I think it's a great. I think it's a great match with the roll up. Just but the roll up happened the way it did because I mean he was probably just in shock right there when he cracked his head. Yeah. Uh, so, but I, well, I, I mean, love he, the match. He was, he was paralyzed. <laughs> yeah. From the well, neck could, down briefly. So I mean, yeah. I, I, you see when it happens, he kind of his arms kind of stiffen up, and, and he's you like, see, you see him kind of start to raise his head up, and yeah. then and then that's kind of like when it the camera angle changes and you see him, and that I mean. For obvious reasons, it's the worst roll-up ever. Yeah, it's terrible. And and Owen manages to sell it. You know, I wish... Yeah, he gets it, right it, up and he's like, 
pissed. Like he was like, you know, that's not three or whatever, but yeah. But <sighs> I think, I think every bit of this match is great. Other than obviously the ending sucks because of what happened to stone cold. And you know, that was a big part on shortening his career too. Had this not happened, he would have probably went on a couple more years, you know, but not just that it's the knees. And the, I don't remember where I've seen it, but the word is, I don't remember who said it or where I've seen it, but, I guess there was talk of Stone Cold kind of – he didn't really talk to Owen a lot after this because I guess Owen didn't apologize or something. Yeah. Did it, you ever hear about that? Yeah, I, I've heard it several sources, uh, from shoots to the WWE documentaries everywhere. I mean, I mean, I think even that last Stone Cold one they did, that really good one. Yeah. Uh, the Stone Cold True. Because Stone Cold said Is so, that what it was or, called? Or it's – uh. The Untold Story or something like something I have like the that. Silver yeah. and Black DVD. Yeah, the the newer the newest one. That's really good. Yeah, that was uh, really good because he actually sits down and gives yeah. you details, and that's where the guys are kind of saying, you know, they they feel like Stone Cold kind of resents him for that, and uh, just because I guess he didn't, he never apologized or said like, you know, I'm so fun man or anything. Yeah, but I I have to have that one's I on think, me. You know, I think Owen is, I think. Because, you know, he's a heart and they take it seriously. Maybe he did. I don't know any. I don't know the hearts. I don't know anything about him. But maybe because of how professional they are, maybe he didn't apologize because it's business. And maybe he felt Stone Cold should have just, you know, who am I to talk on Owen's behalf? I, I'm not at right. all. But it's just neither, a thought. Neither you know, one maybe of us, that's, all, you know, have that, you know, right. But, it, you know, it's just our opinion. We're not, I mean, we're yeah. not speaking for Owen or the Hart family. Um, no, and and you know who? God rest his soul. Yeah. I mean, what a fantastic wrestler, man! But, I mean, come on, we that, we lost Owen way, 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 way too early. And who who knows? You know, it could have been his thinking. Could have been well, maybe it was Austin's fault. Maybe he didn't do something Tuck just or right. whatever. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you never so, know. You never know. What it's all thinking. it's all hearsay and everybody else's opinions, unless you know they were actually told, and we we'll, we'll never know. So. Yeah. Um, but I do. Maybe the apology thing isn't true. I, I mean, you don't know. I do know that at one point, I I believe it was before Owen passed, Austin did forgive him. And, you know, obviously, if you guys have ever seen the Roz Owen tribute episode, he was on there and, you know, he was, you could tell he was visibly upset. Um, yeah. As it was everybody. Um, but, you know, it's. It, it sucks. I mean, it happens. You know, it, it was an accident. It's not like Owen did it on purpose. But, and then, you know, turn it around when Owen's got Owen 316 says, I just broke your neck. Like, that was another one of those fantastic ways to turn, like, a tragedy and a, an accident <clears throat> into a storyline. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, what's crazy is when you watch, if you watch the tombstone happen, you can see that Stone Cold's neck is clearly his head's a little bit below yeah. where it should be. Yep. You know, it's not above, it's not above the bottoms of the thighs or in like in the middle. Yeah, because you know? like you, you can see it we, out of the bottom. Well, and usually when they do a tombstone, they drop down to their knees, like Taker and Kane. They drop down to their knees. Oh, yeah, that's jumps, a, that was a dangerous. One. Owen jumps up and sits down on his ass. So you literally you can see Austin's head like hit the mat and like jar right then i was i mean watching it you know it took the wind out well here let me run through my notes real quick 
Uh, it was for the Intercontinental title, by yeah. the way. I forgot to state that. And Austin is the winner. Um, but I remember being so invested in this match. <clears throat> this is the reason I wanted to be there. Even then, as a 10-year-old, thinking Austin should be in the main event for the big belt. Then thinking next year for sure. He was so over. Everyone had an Austin 316 shirt. Uh, when his neck gets broke, you knew something was, was wrong. It took the wind out of the crowd. Had this not happened, I wonder how long the match would have lasted. Definitely still one of the best matches, even if just for the story. Yeah, it's like I said, it's just it's a really good match with the, you know, with the exception of the ending. But that was just an accident that happens. Um, but the, I mean, it ends goes, it ends at 1616. I, I, I mean, I honestly yeah, think a, it could have probably been a 25 minute match. Yeah, I think they might have even had it scheduled as like a 20 minute match. Yeah. And it just, you know, it was four minutes shy of that. And now after this, Stone Cold carries that Intercontinental belt for a while, but he doesn't really defend it up until, what is it, uh, at the end of the year he, against The Rock, Well, yeah, right? and, they, or, and they strip him of it because he can't. Oh, okay. He, and then at uh, Helena, uh, Bad Blood. Bad Blood. They have that title, Intercontinental title match. It's Farouk against, I think it's Owen, who wins it back, and then they do it again. I'm, pr- oh, I'm pretty okay. sure that's how it went. I'm not 100% sure because Austin doesn't come back till Survivor Series. That's right. Yeah, because he, they, you know, he couldn't wrestle. So, and and for being a neck injury, he wasn't out very long. No. That was pretty, that was a pretty quick return, yeah. man. That's only like four months later, three months, four months later. So, <clears throat> anyways, <clears throat> excuse me. I hate to do the clearing my throat on here, but it's gathering some dust. Uh, <laughs> I gotta give it. I gotta give it three quads. Yeah, um, I think a solid three. It could have. It could easily be better, but you know, it just with what happened, kind of takes away from I, the match. I would have given it three and a half had the finish not been what it was. Yeah. So yeah, so yeah I'll, I'll I'll go with you at three because I was I would have like I said I would have gave it three and a half <clears throat> had it ended with a stunner and a one two three like I think it would have because yeah. that pop would have been insane. Yeah, because it would have been that clean stone cold victory everybody likes to see, and especially right here where he's got so much momentum. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, three quads on that one. And then we go into the main event. Uh, we get the video package of uh, – pretty long video package leading yeah. up to Bret Hart. Well, and, and the match is 28 minutes plus, so. It's a it's a pretty damn long match. It's, and you know like, what? Overall, like with the promo package, I think – it. It's about forty minutes. Yeah, it's it's because the match, the show is two hours and forty nine, two hours and forty eight minutes, and this starts kind of they start leading into this at the two hour mark. Yeah, Undertaker's entrance is like three hours long, <laughs> and so it was a good one. He's got, the, he's got the teardrop. It was a great know. entrance because well, okay, so Brett comes out first, and then we get Shawn Michaels. Yeah, the special guest, the champion, come out last, but. I was going to ask you this before we move any further. How do you feel about when the special guest referee gets an entrance? Do you think they should, or do you think they should already be in the ring? How do you think that works? I, I think Shawn Michaels gets an entrance yeah. because the crowd gets to hear that music yeah. and you know, he gets to, mar- he does, he has a marquee entrance that he, yeah. he poses. And, and, well, all that. and I, and I asked that because, you know, they mentioned, <laughs> I think King mentioned, well, now all the refs are going to want music and pyro. 
So yeah, I know, I know, and that's I actually I remember when he said that. I didn't note that, but that's a good point you bring up. Is maybe not all of them, but and that that's a maybe it's a privilege thing, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, HBK's you know, he's a top, he's a top dog. So. And this wouldn't be the last time he refed. Obviously, he did the first SmackDown main event. He, you know, the Hell in a Cell Taker and Triple H, and there I'm sure there was a few. And they mentioned there. many times that he's a rookie referee. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but did you notice that he kind of does the not the <clears throat> not the X suck it, but he crotch crotch chops before he goes oh, yeah. into the muscle pose. Yeah, it's very very quick, but it's a foreshadowing, man. Yeah, because they were work they were talking events and working on getting it, him to okay that. It, it was coming up. It was we're close to DX. Um, and then Taker comes out, and like I said, it was an awesome entrance, and. Uh, when he's up on the the stairs by the post and he, you know, puts his hands up real fast and Brett and Sean's reaction, especially Brett's because he's like, Oh damn. (laughs) And then he kind of smiles and you're like, ah, (laughs) kayfabe ski, Brett. (laughs) Yep. Uh, So this match is for the WWF title. If anybody didn't know. And like you said, it's 28 minutes long. I think, uh, I think 28 minutes is great for this main event. <clears throat> it's like the names. Every title match on a pay-per-view in the WWF at this time, you were it was going to be 20 to 30 minutes. 20 plus, yeah. At least 20 plus because you know, that was that was the big belt. Um and and it, obviously this is the match where And it main event at the show. Drops the belt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the match. Yeah, yeah, it actually main event at the show. Uh, this is a match where Undertaker drops the belt, so that's another thing I like about it being as long as it is, is because it's a long battle for Brett to win that, take that title mm-hmm. off the Undertaker. Because I liked Undertaker's run as champion, especially in '97. I liked all of them, and you know, some people label him as a champion who didn't draw, quote unquote. Yeah. Uh, but I, I always liked Taker no matter what. He might have just, maybe it was because he wasn't on. Uh, uh, NBC, uh, Good Morning America, or whatever, yeah. with but the that, title, but you know, that he's wasn't not gonna... his character exactly, and maybe that's why he didn't draw, if you will, because he wasn't out doing all the mainstream stuff. He was just, you know, he was there, but he's the locker room leader in the workhorse, you know. So, um, but yeah, so uh, Taker's uh, removing his coat, and uh, Brett attacks him right away. Um. Taker comes right back at him with those strikes. They go outside. Brett throws Taker into the steps. <clears throat> Taker bear hugs Brett for a while. And then after the bear hug, Brett really starts working on the legs of Undertaker. And the announcers, of course, mention that he's wanting to lock in that sharpshooter at some point. Uh, they brawl outside for a bit. Pillman and Owen walk down. Uh, Taker runs out and attacks them. Taker hits a choke slam on Sean, uh, but is still distracted by the hearts. Did I note that right? No, I feel like I noted that wrong. Yeah, you did. He hits a okay. He hits a choke slam on Brett. On, oh, Sean, okay, on Brett. Sean's on the That's... outside trying to get them the hell out of there, and his back's. Turned. Oh, okay. Taker hits a choke slam, but Sean is still distracted by the hearts. Okay, I didn't have a comma or anything, no, you're so good. I kind of messed myself up. And and I have it noted here. That's <clears throat> that's probably my favorite spot of the match, is whenever Taker choke slams Brett and Sean's on the outside trying to get you know, uh, Owen and Pillman. Yeah. Away. To go away. Um, and then, and they're, this is where they're mentioning the Sean's, a, he's a rookie yeah, referee. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, Taker comes over to get his attention and grabs his shirt and then just like jerks him up. 
and Sean's legs yeah. get all like <laughs> they look yeah. like you know like linguini <laughs> and then he pulls yeah, him great. over and then yeah and then go ahead sorry i just wanted to that was one of my no no i like that's that's probably one of my favorite spots of the match too other than the the ending yeah <clears throat> uh i'm really frogging out here i'm sorry it's all right they'll they'll, they'll get over it. and i actually now i can edit. they like it yeah i can edit. they like i it. can edit it um taker goes for old school but brett kicks the rope and he falls uh brett hits a super well brett goes for the superplex first but Taker slips. Did they the first? Was attempt. that a botch? I think that was a yeah, botch. Okay, I thought so too, but I didn't know if because he saw it the definitely looked like he did. slipped. Yeah, or that. I, yeah, he's he and he's a big dude. Yeah. so I'm sure that that would be part of it. Because because now the crowd would chant "You effed up" or whatever. But back then, you know, we just enjoyed the matches because yeah, it was what it was. Uh, Taker does slip the first attempt, but Brett does hit it. Then he locks in the sharpshooter. And Taker breaks the sharpshooter by just kicking away, and it flings Brett all the way outside the ring. Uh, Brett hits Taker with the chair. He goes and gets the chair as uh, Sean's down. I didn't. I don't remember why he went down for a second. But Brett gets the chair, hits Taker with it. Uh, he doesn't get the pin because Taker kicks out. HBK sees the chair, the chair, the chair in the corner. Oh! <laughs> HBK sees the chair in the corner and confronts Brett. Brett spits on Sean, so he swings the like, chair. Straight up lugs, too. Yeah, Brett, yeah. What's up with Brett spitting Brett all the time? Brett loves to spit on people. Like, yeah, that's like the most degrading thing. <laughs> I know, man. He always spit on everybody. And it's like the thickest white yeah. spit you've ever seen. It looks, like it, vanilla, it looks like vanilla yogurt. Yeah, and I'm like, dude, like, what the hell? And it, and like, he has some matches where it gathers up on the side of his mouth. Oh yeah, I can't remember what match that is specifically. Survivor but it Series happens. Yeah, yeah. Well, after he, after he, yep. like right before he spits on Vince, you can see it like caked on the side of his mouth, and then he talks yeah. more. And then it's stuck in Vince's <laughs> hair. We'll get to that. We'll get to that in November. Oh, the spitting thing, man! It's so degrading. It is. Yeah. That's like your worst enemy. <laughs> like. Yeah. You hate yeah. them more than, you know, anything in the world. Like, that's what you do. You spit in their face. But So he casually just spits on Sean. And Sean swings the chair at Brett, but Brett ducks and he hits Taker by accident. He, I mean, he he clunks his ass, too. Yeah. It's loud. <laughs> and, uh, so then Brett gets the pin, but HBK is super reluctant to do it. You can tell. He yeah. sells it really good. And then immediately after the three count, HBK, just, he goes, he goes, yeah, immediately. Sean starts walking to the back with his hands on his hips like he messed up. Yeah. And Taker kind of gets out pretty quick and follows like he's pissed. Yeah, but it, it, the look on something. his face is like he's still woozy from the two chair shots he just took. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, you know, like, uh. Yeah. My notes, uh, my notes real Brett, quick. Oh, sorry, go ahead. But well, it, I was just going to say, Brett celebrates with the Canadian flag and WWF title as the Hart Foundation joins him. Overall, was a good match. And, uh... Just my notes real quick. Obviously, we yeah. we opened with the uh, Canadian National Anthem, thanks to Bret Hart. Um, great match. Vince and JR and King all remind us of how little experience HBK has as a ref. Uh, <laughs> Same <story> thing. <laughs> storytelling is A+. Bret as a heel is freaking money. Uh, yeah, big time. I like him as either, but his shitty attitude is gold. Uh, the HBK spot after Taker Chokeslam with the over the rope and legs um uh, where am i at 
Taker breaks the sharpshooter about 20 seconds before this, though. You hear either Taker or Sean. I couldn't tell which one said it, but you can hear them loud AF, like the kids are saying. Yeah. Uh, you can hear them say, you ready, Brett? And then literally like 15, 20 seconds later is when you, you like Taker shoots him out of the ring. And then as Brett is getting up from the floor after getting shot out of the ring, he mouths the F word. Okay, Cur- I didn't catch that. Cursing Brett is the best Brett. Um, and spitting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Taker takes two gruesome chair shots to the head. Uh, Sean says shit after he hits Taker. Um, and then uh, he slides like a little baseball slide p- partway out of the ring and does the rare four count. I don't know if anybody noticed that, but he counted to four, not three. Oh, like when he first slides, he hits one. Yeah. And then he hits the one, two, and three. And then he hits okay. two. And then, and then he slows down and hits three, four. Like he looks up right before okay. he hits three and four. It, it okay. was really odd. Like you could tell, like at first, like I was maybe he just made a mistake when he slid and hit the mat, and that's what he was thinking, or he just messed up. Okay, yeah, I didn't, and I guess I didn't catch just that. The, just but... the little things that I yeah, I like I like the little things that you catch. Yeah. That's good. And this is, and I'd never noticed any of this before. This is after seeing this. I've watched this pay per view literally like twenty five times, probably, including the time you when you were there. Yeah. And the the question I took from this match, and this this was a question for you, is why put the belt on Brett if they know he's leaving, or there's the possibility that he is going to WCW? Because he probably wanted the belt back. Because everybody says how he was backstage. Right. A complaint. He probably thought whining. that. He, yeah. He probably thought that he needed the belt. Taker wasn't drawing or whatever. But, and... but I mean, what's he going to do? Draw for two months and then leave? It was stupid. Exactly. It, it is. It, yeah. It's 100% pointless. And, and that's but... just a question. Like, you know, sometimes we like to think of questions for people to, you know, get to us on Twitter. Like, what's everybody's thoughts? Like, why, why would they do this? Is it because, you know, what Levi thinks, which I'm kind of with you on that. But, like, in the end, it's Vince's company. It's his title. It's his decision. Like, well, you know, Vince Vince was probably okay with that for some for some reason. You like, know, maybe, maybe he, he just wanted Brett to go out against Sean, like, that last little draw. Like, obviously, this was already planned. Survivor maybe Series. Maybe it was. Yeah. He didn't know. Yeah. He, I mean, he probably didn't know the finish. I don't know how long that actually took. A lot of people, you know, that's one thing. Everybody can debate over and over too, but a lot of people say some of them didn't even know until right before the match. Yeah, Survivor, and there was only like five people that knew. I'm telling you right now, Survivor Series '97 will probably be one of those two-hour episodes. We'll have to talk about that. Another thing I wanted to note on that is maybe, you know, the plan was, uh, and at the start of '97 is, hey, Taker, we're gonna we're gonna put the strap on you at Mania, and you can hold it till probably SummerSlam. Uh, and we'll probably you'll probably drop it to Brett. Maybe that was the plan all along. Because we want prior we to want, contract negotiations. Yeah, and we want Brett and Sean at Survivor Series. Um, yeah, because Sean's not going to drop the belt to Brett at Mania. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, okay. Exactly. So we just worked it out, kind of. And, uh, and so, that's I mean, not a hundred percent. We don't know for sure, but that's. Yeah, I mean, it could have been prior to the contract negotiation. Well, not only that, but you know, they, I'm sure at, at, before SummerSlam, they know that Kane's coming in. They're bringing Kane in. So they have to get the yeah. title off of Taker to move him into the program with Kane. 
Yeah. So, yeah, okay. There's a number of factors. I mean, and, we could be totally wrong who, spouting off BS. And who but... else are you going to give the belt to but either Brett or Sean? And Sean wasn't ready to come back to wrestle, but he wanted to be involved in SummerSlam. Well, he found his smile, though. Yeah, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> they even mentioned that in the video package. And, and you can uh, get that shirt at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash yeah. John Michaels. The I found such a smile. Such a Christian Shawn Michaels shirt. <laughs> Oh man. So yeah, I mean Brett and Taker, how many quads? Man, I I truly enjoy this match. I do too. And it's and it's because of I truly enjoy the it being the headliner of the show. I the the length of the match, the referee, the fact that it's for the title. I I mean I gotta I gotta give it three and a half quads at least. Yeah. Because I just I'm such a fan of this match and it's and and the reason it's if you watch the match, it's twenty minute, twenty eight minutes. There's a lot going on. Uh, well, be- it's kind of slower because it's you know Taker's a big dude and Brett's a technician. And, and not Taker's only that, but like you said, you, the referee involved. You know, you got Shawn Michaels, you've got Undertaker, you've yeah, Hart, you've got the three biggest stars in the company. All At, yeah. I mean, other than Stone Cold, obviously, but he's he's still on his way. Like Vince isn't sold on him here, I don't think, but he's he's on his way, and. Uh, but, I mean, they're building that Stone Cold character. But anyways, so with all three, they all have story. They all have history together. And obviously, the next month we see Sean and Taker at, what is Ground Zero or something like that? Yeah. And then the next and month. I- yeah. I we, love that, and I love Bad Blood. We'll have to do, we'll have to do Ground Zero next month, because September is going to be mostly probably our Nitro stuff. But I, I, I yeah. did want to kind of build up to Survivor Series, so... I think we should continue with this this story uh, with ninety seven. Yeah, yeah. I mean, since we you know we began this last year, we could have did this last year for the twenty years, but we'll just you know we'll make it our the twenty first anniversary of just this cool build. And I like I like ninety seven a lot, and maybe we'll revisit it again next year too at twenty two years at early in the year, <laughs> yeah. maybe our WrestleManias or whatever. Yeah. But you know, I just uh, I think I'm with you on that, man. We should do some. We should do Ground Zero or Bad Blood. You know, the first. Hell oh, I think we do whatever, both whatever. of them, and because I mean, I think we just lead into Survivor Series. Yeah, because I want to. I mean, I still want to do the Nitro, but I think a lot of like probably for the rest of the year, we're probably going to slow down with guests after All In and Starcast, so we can mo- mostly focus on this kind of stuff, and then you know yeah. go back to guests, obviously, but. Um, I just think that's such a great, it's such a great time. Like the, from SummerSlam 97, especially through Survivor Series 97, the Rumble 98 was good. And then we did WrestleMania 14 already. So we, we uh, won't get to do that. We did WrestleMania 14 this year. So we'll, Oh yeah, we did do so that. So we'll do yeah. through Rumble 98. Yeah, I like it. And then we can tell everybody to go back and listen to our WrestleMania 14 episode. Yeah. Um, listen to that for our 20 year bit there, but yeah, overall the show, I mean, if you want if I, if we want to slap a overall out of five quads on here, I mean, I, I gotta, I gotta give it a three and a half, you yeah. know, cause I just, I just love this show. I love SummerSlam 1997 and, uh, like, you know, like we said at the start, it was a transitional period and a lot of stuff was kind of happening right here, but the main event, uh, Austin and 
Owen. And the opener. Triple H and Mankind. That's, that's yeah, the match yeah. Of the night. Like I said at the beginning. Yeah. That was my first note. The match of the night opens the show. Yeah, and this one's a close second. I mean, I could, it's yeah. debatable oh, yeah. if I could call this match of the night, but I think that's you can't beat that cage no, match. No, it was so good. And it, that was and awesome. it was a, a, a plus or a positive look on what was to come with those two. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. 3.5, 3.75, you know, somewhere in there. Uh, it's pushing four. Yeah, man. I mean it's good. It's so good, and it's almost two I legs mean, blown. Yeah, out. I mean Los Barriquas. Los Now I messed it up. You got it right, and I messed it up. Versus Los D- Versus DOA. That was kind of a fart. Um, There's always a yeah. fart, though. You know? Bulldog and Shamrock. Eh, I mean, uh, yeah, you know, the dog there. food thing was funny, and the get out of my way. Obviously, get out of my way. That was obviously worth it um, for me, but. Uh, I just wanted more out of Pillman and Goldust here. I, yeah. That and the finish of the Austin and Owen match. Those were my two like biggest like heartbreakers. I just wanted I wanted the Get a credit card that gives you what you need now. A low interest rate on everyday purchases and a place to transfer high interest rate balances. The PenFed Gold Contactless Card is our lowest interest rate credit card. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1500 in the first 90 days. Join PenFed, and together, we can help you keep more of what's yours. Visit PenFed.org slash goldcard. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Get a credit card that gives you what you need now. A low interest rate on everyday purchases and a place to transfer high interest rate balances. The PenFed Gold Contactless Card is our lowest interest rate credit card. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Join PenFed, and together, we can help you keep more of what's yours. Visit PenFed.org slash goldcard. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Those to be more than what they were, but it is what it is. Great show. Worth worth a damn watch, for sure. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking for some SummerSlams to watch, this one is one I highly recommend, and, and I mentioned it earlier, too, that it's definitely a top fiver for me, man, and it might even be a might even be a top three. I, I think it it definitely could be. It's just I don't know. I just love. I, there's something about this SummerSlam I really like, and it might be because this was the first SummerSlam for me. Like I didn't, I wasn't watching wrestling yet. I don't think. I think it you might have been close, later in '97. Yeah, I was super close. So I think this was when I started. I probably was seeing recaps of yeah. it, you know, just stuff like that later in the year. Cause I remember one of my first images of wrestling was Kane. Yeah. And so I know it had to be late 97. Anybody so. who's listened to the show from the beginning, if you didn't know that, you know, now, because I've known that since I've known you, that was the first thing we talked about. We were like, what was your, yeah. you know, your first, like mine was the hacksaw and macho King match. And we've talked yeah. about, you know, that stuff several times, but it's so weird. Like when we do this, because we go back, we always go back to something and it's like, Oh my God, remember on this, we said this and you know that. And it's just, it's weird that it and all it's just started pouring here in Fayetteville. Wow. It's done. The sun's out here. Um, it was raining when we first started, but so yeah. I mean, overall, loved it. Uh, my number, I'd say this is number two on mine. 98 is probably my favorite. Yeah. Um, uh, 97 is definitely number two. Uh, 
man, I ninety two really bummed me out last week. I always yeah, this one was a good refreshment, man, because we you know last week we didn't we got into that in a sense of like oh wow we didn't realize how bad it kind of sucked. Yeah. Other than like two matches. So with I because like I said I kind of want to do SummerSlam ninety eight like right before Last. All In Starcast. I'm thinking that's like our go home. Yeah, I'm <laughs> thinking maybe next week we do like a early two thousands. Yeah, yeah, I think two thousand through two thousand three or oh one through oh four. Yeah, I think would be a good. I, we'll figure that out after because we don't do our laundry here, but we got to do it somewhere. Yeah. But um, yeah, so. That's it. I'm done. Yeah, we're good, man. Um, Hope everybody enjoyed the show and looks forward to next week's reviews. And Tomorrow, don't forget. Tomorrow, yeah. He's not human. He's a former three-time WWF tag team champion and a former WCW hardcore champion. PCO, he's in the middle or beginning. I think more of the beginning because it just kind of started recently. But he's blowing up the indies. I mean, you're talking about a veteran of the ring. You know, been with Back been it. with both of the two biggest promotions, you know, of you know, definitely the nineties. But I mean, big time guest. You see the video where he's like Frankenstein. Yeah, that, and he's, that's, they're nailing that's, that nail into dude, him. That's his whole thing in the car battery. Yeah. And, dude, it's yeah. I, I have so many questions for him that like it's not even funny, but also, yeah. if you're listening to this before, uh, I've tweeted that, you know, um, you could DM us questions until about 5 o'clock Central Time tomorrow because the interview is going to be later at night because I've got my buddy Gary's visitation tomorrow. But, uh, yeah, so make sure you tune in tomorrow night for that interview. It's going to be awesome. That'll work. So uh, make sure you're following us on social media at Heels and Quads on Twitter, at Heels and Quads Wrestling Podcast on Instagram. Uh, make sure you're following me and Tommy. You can follow me at Levi D. Zindel on Twitter. I have Instagram as well at Levi Zinfandel, but I'm I'm not too active on anything, really, but I'm around. <laughs> he's he's there. I, I see, I'm there. I see, I'll answer. If you message me, I'll answer. I see likes and retweets every once in a while, but... Yeah, I don't do a whole lot. I'm not a huge social media guy, but, you know, I try. And I, I'm usually on the show pages, so... But you can follow me, too, at Mr. Tommy. I'm pretty sure the show page is just your page now. <laughs> don't say that. It's like... <laughs> Well, it's like you're, you're all, your business is kind of on there. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's his page. <laughs> but if people know, like, if they're talking to Heels and Quads on Twitter, they're probably talking to you. Yeah. Or in a rare occasion, it would be me. Yeah, but... I mean, you've done stuff on there. Yeah, you, I'm on you there. Have, I'm, just, I'm not a huge social guy. You have, an, you have access to it. You know the passwords. They're, oh, yeah. It's in it's your phone. Um, but anyways, real quick before, you know, we get off here, make sure you subscribe. Uh, leave a review, honest review. It doesn't have to be five stars. If you want to give us four stars, that's cool. If you want to give us one star, tell us why. If you give us five stars, tell us why. Whatever. Obviously, Google Play Music can't leave a review, which I still think is stupid. We're also on Spotify, all that good stuff. But also, I just wanted to mention, like, the beginning of the show, this was obviously in tribute to my friend Gary. Um, I pinned uh, a tweet for his family's GoFundMe. I mean, if you want to give a dollar, that's cool. Whatever. I mean, every every dollar counts. And I don't beg for money very often. But, man, that's this family really, really is out of everybody I know, they deserve everything right now. So, 
if you want to, if you can, awesome. If not, that's totally fine. I get it. So just keep that in mind. Tomorrow, PCO, all that good stuff. And yeah, tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Hey guys, sorry to interrupt the show. I know you're having a great time listening, but we'll be back in just a sec. I'm just here to tell you that you need to go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash heels and quads. Why, you ask? Because it's our merch site. We have tons of sweet merch on there in all different shapes and sizes, and you need to purchase some because your closet is lacking that Heels and Quads Wrestling Podcast t-shirt that you know you've always wanted. So go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Heels and Quads and pick up any of our shirt designs. Make sure for all of your Funko Pop collection needs, you get a Heroes Hideout NY.com. From WWE to the Bullet Club, you can use code QUADS at checkout and save 10% off your order. Also, don't forget, they specialize in meet and greets. From the legends of yesterday, the stars of today, and the future of pro wrestling. Coming up, Raven, August 11th. The Bullet Club, August 26th. J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T-T. Jeff Jarrett and Demolition on September 15th. Psycho Sid and Terry Runnels on November 11th. They will also be featured vendors at StarCast, featuring Young Bucks Pops for those Matt and Nick signatures you are dying to get. Also, make sure to stop in store in Rensselaer, New York at 250 Broadway for not just meet and greets, but all of your action figure needs, featuring lines from the past and present. Heroes Hideout is your new access to entertainment. That's HeroesHideoutNY.com I need you to do one big favor for me and for yourself. And that's go to CollarAndElbowBrand.com and use coupon code HeelsAndQuads and all caps at checkout to save 10% on your order. Oh my, that's a lot of percentage, huh? Speaking of a lot of percentage, you can go to Zubas.com. That's right. Z-U-B-A-C. Get your zebra pants, baby. And use coupon code Heels and Quads in all caps at checkout to save 15% on your order. That's even more percentage. Huh? Across the sky Never
Support for this episode has been provided by Ratio Keto-Friendly Dairy Snacks. If counting macros makes your head spin, count instead on a snack by Ratio. They've done the math for you, so you can spend less time studying the label and more time enjoying your day. Creamy and delicious, try strawberry and vanilla for two grams of carbs and a unique combination of sugar and protein. Interested? Ratio Keto-Friendly Dairy Snacks are now available in the yogurt aisle at Walmart. Always consult your physician before starting an eating plan that involves regular consumption of high-fat foods. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask, Regina, do you like to compete? I say, bring it on. Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end. It's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving.